I sat inside of a lonely and dark, destitute prison cell. Let's face it, I mean, it's so highly unlikely that I should even be here. If you see me smiling, grinning all morning from ear to ear, I just need you not to pay me any attention, come up and shake my hand, and I would love to be able to meet you because it's such an honor and blessing to be able to be around a bunch of people who understand where the source of where all of their success comes from. It's an incredible blessing to be able to share this moment with my wife, my mom, my son, Marcus Jr., my daughter, Aya, who are also sitting in the room this morning. You see, thank you, family. I love you guys. You see, it's interestingly enough, in December the 8th, 1996, just a couple of days from where it would be my anniversary, I made the biggest mistake of my life and I stole a car from someone. Me stealing that car landed with me uh, just a couple of weeks later, standing in front of a judge with that same mom and that same sister sitting just a few feet behind me, listening to me get sentenced to serve eight years in adult maximum security prisons. As a 15-year-old standing before a judge, I promise you, I had no idea what I was in for. Spending my 16th birthday, my 17th birthday, 18th, 19th, 20, 21st, 22nd, and even 23rd birthdays in prison was, I'm telling you, the darkest and loneliest moment of my life. I remember some of the anger and the resentment that I felt to the community around me, the people who supported me, the people who loved me, the people who poured into me for years and years and years. And it felt as though they, while they were several hundred miles away, it felt like they were just an eternity away and I would never see them again. It became lonely and my mom said, Marcus, I see your anger. I see your hurt. I cry with you on the phone. I sit with you in the visiting room, and I also see what's happening in your changing. You see, waking up in an environment where I had to wake up and put, line my coat, my jacket in 90 degree weather with magazines to prevent from getting stabbed up because the Richmond was, the Richmond guys from Richmond were, had constant altercations with the guys from DC. You know, it'll, it'll turn you into this very, very violent and dark person. My mom saw this. She, she told me, she promised me one day in the visiting room, she said, Marcus, you will not die in prison. I promise you that there's a life after prison, and I'm going to write you letters, and I'm going to send you photos, and that's going to help get you through. My mom wrote me letter after letter after letter and sent me pictures of everything from the cheeseburgers that she would enjoy on her plate to the comforters that she would see inside of a department store to even she would take a picture of a mailbox and write me a three-page letter and say, Marcus, one day you're going to come home from prison and you are going to receive bills and this is where they're going to come. <laughs> you could have kept those letters, mom. I don't... 
the cheeseburger was a good picture. But what it did, it, 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 it helped me during one of the times when I promise you, I thought that God had left my life. You see, I grew up, in, I grew up in, as a preacher's kid. I was a PK. My mom was a minister. And I was ingrained with the belief that Jesus Christ would always be there to walk with me. In fact, I would recite the footprints poem and I would know that God, I know I see footprints in the sand, but there are only one set of them. But yet, while I was in those cells, it seemed as though those footprints were washed away. I cried, I dreamed, but I didn't think that I was going to make it out. It was a few years later, after coming home in 2004, after knowing that God had completely left my life, completely abandoned me, completely abandoned me, when I thought that, you know what, Jesus, maybe you're coming back around because in 2004, I'm being released from, released from prison and all of my pain and anguish is going to go away. I started believing again. I started praying again. And even at that moment when my life was starting to take form as a, a released um, returning citizen, I realized that that after I wore my chest that stood for felony was forever branded inside of my name. The probation, the job applications that were told me no, that told me no over and over and over again. The people who would not allow me to come inside of their homes. The friends who said, we don't want you to play with our, we don't want you to play with, come over our house because we have children and you've been to prison before and we don't know what that's going to do. I began to cry back same out to that same God. I'm like, Lord, I thought that you left me, but I thought you came back in. God, you are, God, you are here. And yet you're leaving me all over again. I can't believe that you would allow me to go through so much pain, so much turmoil. God, you are. So why are you allowing me to go through this? And then another set of highs will come through. I started, I finally received, I got a job at a paint store where I would mix paint for people. People come into the paint store and they would ask me as one of those guys who mixed one of those incredible colors of like aqua, navy, blue. I don't know who makes those colors and like who works at Crayola or Sherwin-Williams, but you know, you guys have an awesome job. But people would come into the paint store and they would ask me, Marcus, how much do you charge to paint kitchens? I'm like, we don't paint kitchens. I sell you paint so you can paint your own kitchen. But this was 2008 and I'm like, I don't know. I'm just happy to have a job. Like I got minimum wage. I got a minimum wage job. Lady, paint your own kitchen. Next customer. <laughs> and then contractors will come into the paint store and they would have another set of complaints. Oh my goodness, the real estate bubble is starting to burst. Oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And I'm like, what are you talking about? The Ms. Johnsons of the world come in every day and want to paint their kitchen. A light bulb went off and I created prospectus painting contractors. I became the broker between Ms. Johnsons of the world and the contractors. And I grew this business now after quitting the, working at the paint store, it's a business that was generating over $4 million in revenue. Now I'm living my absolute best life. I'm living my best life. I don't know if any of y'all know this song. And while I'm living my best life, you know, the blessings are continuing to roll in. I'm like, God, are you back? Are you showing up? Are you coming back in my life? What's happening? And then it, it, something dawned on me and said, Marcus, see, in your world, you thought I left you. What you didn't realize is that, Marcus, I was preparing you. Casey talked about fear a little bit earlier and the fear that we all have, what we all suffer from. And I promise you, a lot of those dark days in those cells had, were filled with tons of fearful moments. 
I promise you, even during the journey of starting a painting company, it, that it was filled with fearful moments. In fact, in fact, as the painting company is starting to, to grow and, and, and it's starting to blossom incredibly, I'm able to do incredible things for my family. It's such a blessing. God says, you know what? No, wait a minute. You thought that you were, I was finished? Wait a minute. You thought I was done? Marcus, I have another assignment for you. You came from some of the darkest sales in the world. And what I want you to understand is I didn't allow you to go through this just so that you can come home and live your absolute best life. I, I, I wanted you to do something. I wanted you to go through something. I called you to do something incredible. And he gave me FlickShop. I created a mobile application that allows our users to be able to take a picture Add some quick text, press send, and for 99 cents, we take that picture and text and we print it on a real tangible postcard because my mother's letters and her photos kept me alive when I was in prison. And I just knew that there was a way that we could do the same for millions of other families who also suffered. Since our launch of FlickShot, we've connected over 140,000 families around the country because there's no internet inside of prison cells, and we're happy to know that the majority of the people who use our product never go back to prison. You see, as we think about how we're leveraging our opportunities, and I'm so honored to be able to be at the High Tech Brand Breakfast, because as we build the technologies, and we build the relationships, and we work within the firms, and we have all of the friends who have the power, we need to understand that no matter what you do, no matter where you are, God is calling you. And the cost of discipleship forces you to ask yourself, Am I going to lay down everything that I've done? Am I going to believe that, God, you are? Am I going to know that when you said to jump out of the boat, even through the rocky waves, you are still going to walk with me and protect me? You see, I had a whole bunch of those rocky waves. I had a bunch of those tumultuous moments where I promise you, I just never thought that I would be here. In fact, I told someone last night, if you would have told me when I was in sales C12 that this would be the future of Marcus Bullock's life, I wouldn't have believed you. This is the reason why I stand in front of you today. This is the reason why I stand boldly in proclaiming that God is. He is. He directed me. He pulled me out. The darkest moments when I didn't even believe that he was there, God is. You see, I'm so grateful for these moments because I have an opportunity. With this burden of running one of the most successful applications that coming out of a prison cell, it comes with a, a, a burden of, of not only just changing the narrative of people that are coming home from prison cells, because yes, if you have one of those firms that has a checkbox to ask someone whether or not they... Well, uh, have, uh, have experienced a felony or a misdemeanor, please remove it because I promise you, I stand here boldly and tell you I've been to prison before and I tell you they're the best people ever to work for the companies that you guys run. Not only do am I here to change the narrative, but I'm also here to be able to be reflective inside of my own life when I get a chance to bless my own self and say, Marcus, I need you to remember through all of those phone calls from the investors who tell you no, from running an undercapitalized company who is impacting the world to having the, some of the biggest legal fees that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When I checked the mail at the office, good Lord. 
the reality of it is, is that through all of those highs and lows, through all of those peaks and valleys, God is. And I am here to stand boldly and tell you that I'm grateful to be a son that he looks down on and shines and says, hey, Marcus, you are here for a purpose and you will change the world. Thank you guys so much for inviting me to the program. Thank you for listening to this edition of Faith at Work. We hope you enjoyed it. I'm Carl Grant. Please follow us on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Faith at Work Radio. And for more information on the High Tech Prayer Breakfast, please visit www.hightechprayerbreakfast.org. You've been listening to Faith at Work with Carl Grant. 